Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Tennis Scowry? This is Steven, your host from Phantology Podcast, along with my lifelong friends, Ryan and Jake. And we are talking about Malazan once again after a long layoff. Deadhouse Gates, our coverage of the second book was on episode 60. And this is going to be episode 173, most likely. But uh, Memories of Ice has been completed by me and Jake. Ryan is a, is a longtime veteran. But uh, Jake and I finally made it through. Yeah. What was that like a year ago that your guys's Dead House least, Gates came out? It was, a, so, it was at least a year ago. So I looked it up. It was uh, it was uploaded on Spotify on uh, in August 2020. So a year and a half. A year and more. Yeah, a year and a half, I guess. So uh-huh. yeah. And within that year and a half, I was able to read three Malazan books, which is a bigger feat than I thought it would be. <laughs> they're uh, they're big they're big books. They're and, yeah. and they're not just long. They're not just lots of pages. They're lots they're of dense. Yeah, dense. Just they're they're hard. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of focused reading to make it through, yeah. which is not the case for a lot of uh, a lot of other books. Yeah, I had this idea as I was reading. I'm like, man, to keep myself accountable and understanding, maybe I should just like post a video once a week of like, okay, here's what I read. <laughs> here's what i think is going on like correct me in the comments because this is confusing and we lost josh along the way yeah i was gonna josh say it. Oh, did, did... he was on dead house gates uh he was not he did not make it to three come on slides. josh i'm gonna call him out right now you just did well i'm gonna call him out in live time i don't know <laughs> I, I wonder if the denseness of the book the density i guess if that is kind of what leads towards malazan having a more hardcore fan base so the barrier Mm. to entry is is a lot higher so those who make it through have been uh purified by it they're just they're just rabid fans Mm because they've they've made it through and they think they're awesome must be because i haven't the only people who have recommended Malazan have been people who love it to me, honestly. Like I've known other people who have started it and wouldn't recommend it and like don't really have anything good to say about it. But those who do recommend it, like it's one of their top series of all time. Mm. I mean, do people who stop reading in the first book, do they really like dislike it or is it just more like they couldn't get into it? And I, I don't know that I've heard any like, super strong criticisms of it it's more just hard hard to read my uh my brother-in-law read the first one the same time i read gardens of the moon and then we started dead house gates around the same time and he was just like i'm not feeling it Mm. like he thought the first one was okay and then i i think part of it honestly is the fact that dead house gates like is a whole like new story kind of you don't really see a lot of the same characters I think he was like this again. Like I just barely got into this. You <laughs> just know? invested like, all this other time into this, yeah. this other set of characters, and now they're gone. And I've got to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I'm kind of feeling now that I finished Memories of Ice, and what, is a House of Chains that's next. Yeah, House of Chains is next. I'm kind of like, uh, like, am I? Am is that I is that going to be? This? I'm actually not even sure. Is is that another? Are we jumping again? Mm-hmm. It jumps back to uh, Dead House Gates people, right? That's what I've heard. No. No, it's just completely new. different. It's new. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to learn about a guy named Karsa Orlong. I've heard a lot about Karsa, actually. This is a different area of the world, Brian, like a different continent, different conflicts. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it 
there's a few of the, his early conflicts are related, but uh-huh. it, um, I mean, it, it obviously ties in later on in the series. So it's not like you're mm. learning about something totally isolated from the rest of it. Okay. And if you're tuning in, uh, we're, we're not going to do any spoilers past memories of ice, obviously, because Jake and I haven't read that far. So we would personally be upset at Ryan. So you can safely listen as well. Uh, but we are going to do spoilers for the first three books and we'll, we'll talk through a lot of specific plot points and that's probably starting now. Like, I, I think we're just kind of going for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so which one of the three did you like the best Jake? And maybe we'll get Ryan's opinion uh, on the series as a whole, but out of the three you've read. It, this has been my favorite, I think. Okay. And <laughs> part of it is um, I think it has to do with the fact that we're returning to a plot line we've that's been established and so i'm like familiar with like the ground what I'm, like the baseline has been set and i'm springing off of that so i feel more like i understand more of what's going on um i also think it had like i don't know everyone loves like the chain of dogs sequence which was great but i think the the last like le- like the final climax at coral was really cool uh-huh. in this book and and just like how everything gets escalated here was really cool with uh, Perrin's role and things like Ecovian and the Panion Seer or Panion Domen in general. Also, and this is one of those reasons why, like, I feel like I need to like journal my reading experience with Malazan is in every book I've been like at different points of the books, I've been like, okay, that I, I think I understand what the overall conflict of the series is going to be. And then that conflict gets resolved in the next two chapters. And then a new conflict is there. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what we've been building towards. This is the new conflict. Really? And that will get resolved. I've been like, like, especially in the first book, I was like, what is the, like, I was really confused at what like the overall like conflict was going to be like comparing another long series, like Stormlight or Wheel of Time. It's pretty apparent, like what the overall like series arc conflict is going to be whereas sure. with Gar- gardens of the moon that wasn't really like th- like for example um like i thought anamanda rake was going to be like the big antagonist of <laughs> the series and then like mm-hmm. that was like disproven and then i was like oh you know what they're gonna accidentally like unleash when they unleash was it raced i'm like oh okay so they're mm-hmm. gonna accidentally bring back the jack hut tyrants and it's going to be a new jack hut war and then that is like tied up like, super quick like his on-screen presence is really short anyways that's how it's been reading it um and so once again in memories of ice i feel like i'm finally understanding what the series long conflict is going to be i could be wrong but so far the book hasn't disproven it yet i think that's why i've enjoyed it the most I think knowing the name of the last book in the series kind of clued me in as to what the big conflict was going to be. Uh, Which I don't know, honestly. So the last, the name of the last book is The Crippled God. Okay. Okay. So my, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So my theory is probably proven true then from this latest book. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think it really set it up to be, especially like right from the beginning with this one with like the flashback from years ago yeah well, millennia ago and, yeah. and i like how that came that that was then important at the end when you realized it was it was tool's sister i don't mm-hmm. remember her name kalava kalava okay. yeah sure and uh and the seer himself and his sister yeah. And, yeah. and the matron like that was all that that was really great that that tied in because i up until the point i was, I was thinking back like what was the point of that the beginning sequence like was it just to introduce these old conflicts but but no it actually was like character specific I, that was really good isn't it crazy in this series how it's like two hundred and fifty thousand years before <laughs> burns sleep or whatever and and then you're yeah. just like oh my gosh how is this still relevant you know and you think yeah. of in stormlight archive the prologue the first book it starts so far before the events that's only i don't know a few thousand years before yeah at most yeah the world is a lot older in mm-hmm. lazan yeah yeah so steven i want to answer your question about which one was my favorite 
Okay. And my my response is Memories of Ice. Definitely. I think that it's out of all ten or out of the first oh, three. Um, I I don't know out of all ten. If it's definitely probably in my top. If it's not my favorite, it's definitely number two or three out of out of okay. the, the whole series. Um, that that's the Malazan Book of the Fallen series i haven't read read any of the ian c Asselmont or any of the other erickson books mm-hmm. so in anyways i just think this is awesome where you're starting to see these elder races you have the kachain chamal you see more of the jagat and the Tultlan Emas, and there are just all coming together and you're learning about these intricate like the ritual of talan and you have uh, Silver Fox introduced and Whiskey Jack. I love Whiskey Jack. And um, I, I thought that it was, I, I was uh, definitely shipping. I mean, I loved, I loved the Whiskey Jack Corlot romance. And so it, it was just all great to me. And then you have, you have Calor and Kaladin Brute. You have just all these epic people that you know, and, but you haven't really like been around as much as like, like you you kind of learn about them in gardens of the moon but it's like these are mm-hmm. ascendants and you're kind of like reading about ascendants and finding how they react and it, it's i don't know i think it's so cool that you had just have such epic beings like interacting with the characters and shaping events because in a lot of series i i feel like these these epic characters are kind of in the past or very far removed hard to reach from the main characters you don't you see them occasionally, but not as much in this series. They're, they're present and, and they, I don't know. I I just love reading about them and seeing how they act and um, hearing their stories. And I think that memories of the ice that really comes to the foreground. I don't think I disagree with anything either one of you said, but I did like dead house gets better. And it was mostly because the whole chain of dogs thing and, and, that conflict was just so, um, it was so compelling to me as this group was being harried across the desert. And, and I thought Coltane and Diker especially were two really awesome characters, probably two of Erickson's best characters that I've read thus far. And I, I liked a lot of Memories of Ice. I, I didn't dislike the book um, by any means, but uh, I, I do think we're kind of glossing over what I thought was, was a lot of fluff. There are a lot of pages of of uh of what i would call fluff you know Uh, memories of ice yeah everything i thought there were probably like 200 pages between the edge of the end of the siege of kapustan and the beginning of coral where they were just like kind of walking around and talking and and like i I get it like it's an epic Mm -hmm. fantasy and there's all these players and like we're introducing all these conflicts but at the same time, I just thought the speed went like way slow. And I never felt that way in Dead House Gates. I thought Dead House Gates was compelling all the way through. And Memories Vice was more kind of like up and down. And the highs were probably higher than Dead House Gates. Like the, the last 100 pages, I would compare it to like the end of Oathbringer, which was just super fast paced, super exciting. Everyone's on the screen together. Lots of viewpoints going everywhere. That was great. The Siege of Kapustan was great. Uh, meeting all these different characters and all these conflicts was was also great but i thought it, i thought it got a little bogged down um in, in sections i would disagree um i like i like dead house gates i also liked felicin's um plot line probably the most out of dead house gates mm-hmm. um so like like i said i like the chain of dogs but i was i thought it was more compelling following felicin and her journey but i felt like dead house gates was more like this slow kind of like like things were slowly ramping up the whole time and like getting more and more like intense and anxious. Whereas I felt like gardens of the moon or uh, memories of ice had like more action throughout. And, and like that, that lull you're talking about, I thought that was like a classic, like in a kind of like a blockbuster action movie where you have this really crazy, like battle at the siege of Capustan and just like, lots of action and then after that there's like this like calm before the the bigger storm you know it's because you got that's when you set up like the distrust between uh Dujek and Kaladin Brood and they like realize that the bridge burners aren't really exiled like this is all like a ploy just to (laughs) recruit their enemies as allies against this other threat like Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool and that really like set up consequences for 
the battle at Coral, right? Um, I don't know. I didn't see that as a as like a slog or like bogged down fluff. I saw that as like, okay, like catch your breath before this next big battle and kind of setting up the next big battle to be even more exciting. And I think it's ne- it's necessary for sure to have have the catch your breath time, but maybe uh, I I would say Deadhouse gives is more of a focused story for me. Like there was the Felician storyline. There was uh, what what else? There was the the Mapo and Carium. Yeah, Carium storyline, and there was the Chain of Dogs storyline. There were kind of the three main ones. And Crocus, you had um, sure. Yeah, and Columns. Maybe there, was, maybe there were some other things, but uh, Memories of Ice was more of a sprawling story, and and maybe I preferred a little more focus. I mean, See, even I thought, I thought Memories of Ice was more focused. It was like. Panion Doman here, this like, like from the get go, it was we need to protect Kapustan and then attack the Panion at Coral, and that's like, I don't know, I felt like you understood what was going to happen from the beginning of the book to the end better mm-hmm. than with Deadhouse Gates, which was more like just experiencing events unfolding. Which I don't just, know. There were pages and pages all about about the Gray Swords and Ekovian. And Dude, Fenner, don't, don't and, talk bad about Ekovian. Ekovian and, and Gruntle and all of that, like all of these like minor gods and mortal swords and stuff, but like that stuff wasn't really important for the end of the conflict, in, in Dude, my opinion. Don't don't downplay what Ekovian did. He's like one of my favorite characters ever written at this point. And I'm hoping he comes back in some way. That's really? one thing, that's one thing that um I'm like confused about the effect of. Malazan on myself because Gardens of the Moon should have taught me that like death means nothing in in this universe right like people are brought back all the time in different and better mm-hmm. cooler ways like what Perrin dies and comes back within like the first third of Gardens of the Moon anyways but at the same time when Whiskey Jack died like that was like a big blow to me and I was like why am I feeling upset about this like Death doesn't mean anything, but it's still a big blow. And like with the Kovian too, like the way he goes out was so epic. And I'm like sad that he's gone, but I'm also like, he could he could easily come back. I don't know. It's just interesting. They, like they could, but are they for sure? Because it seems like the other characters that have come back, we've got hints pretty quickly that they're still around. Like even when Coltane died, it's pretty obvious that like something happened and he's yeah. probably coming back in some way. When Diker died, yeah, pretty obvious. And now they, you know, they bring him back here. So we had those hints right away when when Cattersale died, you know, a, a, you know, within the same book, we knew that something was going on, but uh, I, I didn't see any indications here that I'm, I'm just saying whiskey, ass, whiskey Jack or Kovian could be. Yeah, I mean, they there's like they didn't come back yet, but given that's what I'm saying, given the history, like, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I don't know what to think either, but I just thought it was like a like a. We should, I should applaud the writing that even though death isn't this final thing in the universe, I still felt it when Whiskey Jack died and Ekovian sacrifice mm-hmm. and everything. Maybe part of that is because you saw the effect that the other, that that had on the other characters. Yeah. How, Cor- yeah, Corlot and, yeah, uh, and how dramatic yeah. their, their funerals were and the respects yeah. paid to them and everything. Like it, Maybe that's what you're feeling like this empathy for the other characters as their friend has died. Yeah. Which again, like it's a, um, a, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> like a, uh, like a plus to the writing. Like it just shows how good the writing is. Right. Um, to elicit that uh, emotion out of me. I don't know. I can't believe you didn't really like the, the gray sword part and the, and Gruntle's play. Like to me, that was like on the same level as like Ikarium and uh, what's his companion. Sorry. I don't, I haven't read. Mapo, Mapo, yeah. like uh, Dead House Gates was a while ago. These have been slow burns for me to get through, but I felt like like their journeys were kind of similar to Gruntles and Ekovians in terms of like they aren't the main event, but they are cool events mm-hmm. that are happening. Um, I liked I, I liked Ekovian during the siege, and then afterwards, Dude, I don't he know. was just cool the whole time fighting. I couldn't, the... I couldn't really connect with him afterwards. And Ekovian, Malazan in general, um, this book specifically, 
and Ekovian himself and uh, Perrin and I don't know, so many of the characters like have made me, I, I just started a new D&D campaign and I was like, okay, I need to like step up my character creation game because these characters are so cool. Like I need to have something like when I create a character, they have to have like real history to them. Like these guys do. I don't know. I don't know. The more you, the more you read and, and recognize, I, I guess maybe it's when you start trying to formulate things like, or create worlds, world building um, is, is when you realize what these authors go through to make such diverse, mm-hmm. unique, in-depth characters their backstories like especially now as i'm getting more into it i pay more attention to like character description they're like talking about like you know a particular birthmark or whatever i'm like man how do you like think of this stuff do you just like throw it together on character and uh, and stuff that i wouldn't give a second thought about i don't know five ten years ago now i'm just like Mm. the littlest details or creating like scenery to place people in it's just it's i don't know i get all i have a whole lot more respect for authors and yeah. it's like only the, the the pages that make it to the to uh the book right the words all the words in the book are just a fraction of what i'm sure was written down to create yeah. all of this and it's funny you mentioned dnd yeah. jake because the the laws on the whole thing started I, yeah a, that's an yeah that's why of what was... they were doing that's what I was thinking of it. Like these were all characters they built. Not, I don't know all of them, but a lot of them were characters they built in their own, uh, like RPG gaming and, and yeah, it's like, man, I need to step this up. Like they had, like they created like mm-hmm. full fledged universes. Um, to that point, you guys were talking about, um, and Wheel of Time being like, like my favorite series for such a long time. I think that also does it pretty well. It's just crazy how like, in both series. Um, and I'm amazed by it, its depth in Malazan is just how like they're telling a story at this moment in time, but the world they created has like hundreds of epic stories and the history as well. So not only did they have to come up with this epic mm-hmm. story to tell, they like in the history that like pepper through these other like really interesting things that just for like for now just serve as like, I don't know, support to this story kind of makes me think of like, it, the Wheel of Time did it really well, in my opinion, with the, the Age of Legends. Like, I was always like, man, tell me more about the Age of Legends. You know, I want to get like a, an actual story from there. And that's how I feel with like, like the history of the, the Tlana Mass and uh, just the Elder Gods in general. And then like the the original un, un-undead, um, Kachang Chamal, however you say that. I feel like I've seen such like a, a small glimpse into this world. and. Mm. I hope we see more of the Kachin Shamel, like not the, not the hunter version, like the actual civilization. The, yeah. Yeah. Cause right now they just seem like mindless killing machines, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. Velociraptors. <laughs> With swords on their arms. Right. They're, they were all like, all but the matron were undead. Right. Um, and when they're alive, do they even have like autonomy? Other than like, they like kind of hinted at there was like a breed of them that did and like mm. caused like their downfall or something. Like the, the short tail version. Yeah. Created, created the, the moon, moon spawn and other floating things like it. it is, I believe that's what it said. So I, I got that they were like a full on civilization with autonomy. But it also like. But they were kind of like, like a hive mind thing where the matrons were in charge. That's what it yeah. seemed. And I don't know to what extent, like, is it just because they're undead? And I think you guys are both, I, I think that they were um, very much like a hive mind with a matron that kind of controlled controlled a group. Um, I don't I don't really remember if it's like how much autonomy an individual worker has in that. But, and, and Jake's right as well. There was another group of Kachin Jamal that's, like the short tails that I think was a bit more autonomous. That was kind of threatening, threatening to change things. I love, I love how a society of intelligent hive mind dinosaurs like fits right into this world. Like, like yeah. the, 
there did it say that they were like the original civilizations on in this world i can't remember if that was true or not i, I don't i don't remember which one's the oldest if that's what yeah like, that's i feel like i talked about them as like older than the old ones older than the elder gods right because at the beginning of although that's there's like two, two prologues right like when but there are the four like founding races and uh i think Kaching they were before those. one oh i thought i thought Kaching chamal were one of them maybe yeah mm. all right this is showing our current level <laughs> understanding of the yeah for sure yeah, lots of details I feel bad as a resident expert that I don't know this off the top of my head. It's okay. Steven throws around that term pretty, uh, pretty loosely. Uh, I always felt like whenever you'd say that on the wheel of time episodes, I was, I was like, that's not me, <laughs> but come on. Why do people listen to our podcast and not to hear uh, expert takes so, and so breakdowns? on the wiki, <laughs> this says, um, their power was said to have been so immense that they had kept the elder gods away from the Malazan world until their civilization self-destructed. They were also said to have ruled over the younger Jagat race, much as the Jagat tyrants had ruled over the Imas. So, I mean, as far as, I mean, it sounds like they're older than the Jagat who are older than the Imas. I don't know. And older um, than the, the elder gods. Uh, or maybe not older, but they kept influence. the elder gods away. Yeah, like yeah. well, they mm -hmm. they existed before the elder gods like uh, yeah. got gained power on there, mm -hmm. which if if I remember right, so the rent had the matron's soul in it in the prologue, yeah, and that was like it was already there when the elder gods confronted Kalor, yeah, because that was years later actually that was like the second half of the prologue, which was which I can't remember which prologue came first was it the the first one was. Yeah, that was the first one. Okay. And then years later mm -hmm. was the um was the yeah, Kalor prologue. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we uh, talk about some of the characters in the in the current day in this story? Yeah. I think so. Let's do it. Okay. So what about uh Silver Fox slash Tattersail slash Night Chill slash Don, whatever his name is? I chilled boyfriend. Yeah. There was there one more. Anyway, uh yeah, Silver Fox. It, were there three or four in there? I think there were four. Was the I don't remember who it was. They said was. they thought it was just three for a while. And then they're like, yeah, actually it's four. I thought they thought it was two, and then they realized it was three. And then I don't know. I, I don't remember. Night Chill and Tattersail, and then Night Chill's boyfriend are the ones I remember. I thought Silver Fox as a character was was cool i expected her to be more tattersail ish from uh -huh. like based off her introduction in gardens of the moon i thought her and perrin were going to connect more than they did in this book but the direction it took made it more interesting in my opinion yeah i think i was probably expecting a little more from this plot line to be honest and hard to say right when you're book three yeah. of ten with characters that are going to be around for a while they're probably setting up more stuff but in this book, at least, I, I don't know, like, seemed like a pretty big thing. Tattersail was a big thing in the first book, her being back in some regard. And, you know, it was important with the IMAS, and the IMAS were obviously pivotal in preventing the, the change email from destroying everything. So that was good. But then also it was like this backdrop of the, the Mighty character. And that was one that I really kind of struggled with. That I, I would call that a, I would classify that as a slog bit for me. I wouldn't really say slog. It was a bit more of a of a filler, I guess. Um, I'm assuming the the dream world she inhabits at the end plays a bigger role later on in the series. Um, and so with the two wolf gods in the new wolf world. <laughs> with all the uh the IMAS as well, right? And their un and their non-undead form. They're hanging out there, although they don't want to they still have more to do they're going off for to fight another conflict although they could have chosen to just pass on through hood's gate yeah but the the wolves there the talon i are staying there for now at least are they talon anymore or are they just i i don't know <laughs> i think they're just i right didn't part of the covian's 
Did he do anything? I didn't think he did anything for them. I thought that was just. I just assumed they were connect, like all connected. But was it Tug? Yeah, well, and... they they were part of the they were part of the contract ritual there. But I thought uh, no, Akovian did. He made it like easier for for uh, Silverhawks to release them. I think that was the deal. But like, but there. So, anyways, I assumed that 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 dream world will play a bigger role in the future, and so this plot mm-hmm. line with the maybe. Or I swear the audiobook said maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so terrible with these pronunciations. But yeah, it's spelled like it should be maybe. Yeah. Um, so it did kind of feel like filler, but also I I took it more as like setup for subsequent yeah. things. Yeah. I guess I love I love the whole tog thing and how he like connected in at the end. That was a cool, like, okay, what's happening in the beginning? And then you don't really see anything like you're not really sure like and he's not on screen much you know it's like you're reminded that he's inside talk the elder or younger for a bit and then all of a sudden uh-huh. he has like a role at the end um i was really confused that a being named tog was inside a person yeah. named Tog. I was, yep. <laughs> especially listening to the audiobook that was kind of confusing for a bit i actually read almost all of this book like no listening just read yeah, it. Sh- Amazing for me. I would love to do that. I don't know. It'd be so hard to find time to actually read. It took it took a while. That's why that's why I took 122 episodes to get to- <laughs> <laughs> So maybe maybe do a combination of listening for the next one, Stephen. Man, I try and I just fall straight asleep. <laughs> I, I don't fall asleep, but I have to like rewind so much. I'm like, okay, is that really what is happening here? <laughs> okay. Uh, what about Tak himself in his, he, he inhabited for the majority what I called the Bizarro storyline. It seems like so far all three of the books have had like this Bizarro storyline in Deadhouse Gates. It was uh, the the priest and his wife was the spider uh, yeah. divers woman. And what was that guy's name? Uh, Iskral Pust. Yeah, Iskral yeah. Pust. that was yeah. the Bizarro storyline from book two. I actually can't remember if there was one in book one or not. Was it Krepa? He's yeah, kind of bizarro. <laughs> yeah, although he's kind of like a mainstay at this point. Yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Lady Envy and the um, Segula warriors and her her two large, somewhat trained beasts that were fighting along with the tool off in the far south. That was, Yeah, that was one where I was like, okay, this is like interesting, but also very... I thought, um, I, well, first of all, I thought the Segula were so cool. Like they're, yeah. they're masked yeah, they society. Cool society. That's kind of like, I want to see more of for sure. They kind of reminded me of a like actually savage Aiel mm-hmm. with like how the, the, the Panion Doman wanted to like convert them to their cause. And they're like, no, we want to fight you. And then they're offended that they didn't want to fight. So they're like, okay, now we got to go send, send these guys over to kill you because you rejected our offer to fight. I thought it was pretty hilarious too how the third spent the entire time mock, I think, spent yeah. almost the entire time being knocked out by Lady Envy. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he kept trying to fight Tool. Yeah. Yeah. His honor demanded it. Yeah. And remember when he was talking about Anamander Rake, how Anamander Rake, Lady Envy was like, oh yeah, Anamander Rake. And I went over and he started fighting a bunch of those guys. And then, uh-huh. and then one of them was like, oh yeah, he, he holds the seventh position yeah and yeah he needs, he needs to come claim it yeah like now. we still have that open for him <laughs> man um i thought talk's storyline was cool um because it gave us like an inside look at the just like the chaos and horror of the mm-hmm. the panion doman and panion seer itself and then when he's thrown into i don't know if i remember this right was it like a pit dungeon cell with the matron and just I wasn't, like yeah i wasn't really sure where it was either but it was like yeah he was just like all encompassed by it it was and like she's like crushing him and she's insane uh-huh. thinking he's like her like child or something and then yeah so she'd like crush him and he'd get healed and just like he's going insane from that and that was some like almost uh lovecraftian horror right there mm-hmm. That writing was all very disjointed on purpose to like give you this effect of yeah. things are, are quite jumbled here yeah. with our characters. 
kind of uh am i right to assume that now that tog i so when talk first woke up and he could like see out of his like blind eye right Mm -hmm. he could see like magically and like magical stuff was that just because of tog or is that like has that ability left him now that tog is no longer in his body i don't remember because i remember thinking like oh this is cool like he lost an eye but Mm -hmm. gained this and then now i'm like wait was that only because of the like the god or ascendant habitation i'm still not really clear on who is a god at what given point but yeah it's a it's tough i thought uh i thought tog only came over to like claim him in this book yeah he did did he have the magic seeing ability in the in gardens of the moon i don't, I don't think, think so. he did i think it was this book that he got the ability because he always mm. just talks about how itchy his eye is so i don't mm. i don't i I don't remember it being mentioned before. So this it just like happens as he was thrown because he was thrown through the Warren and guards of the moon and he comes out here. Gets spit out down Months later. Uh, yeah, with Envy and, and Crow and Co. But he's no, he still doesn't have it then yet either. Hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I thought right when he woke up, because he could see the rent in a different way than the rest of them, right? Oh, he could? May I could be remembering this wrong. It was a while ago. I was trying to reread hmm. some uh, chapter summaries because it took me so long to read the book. I was like, I should probably read a summary of the first uh, parts. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a different part then. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was cool. I just made the connection recently that when he woke up and he saw the huge barrow that he was near, like that's where the mm-hmm. matron dug herself out. Came out, like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Thousands of years, like it took her so long to come out of there. Yeah. Um, I just want to say the whole like Panion Dome and Panion Seer thing was so cool. And I feel like Gardens of the Moon and Deadhouse Gates didn't really have this like a uh, neat way that all the stories were tied together in the way that Memories of Ice did, which is another reason why I like sure. Memories of Ice most. Um, like the way the prologues tied into everything with not only the plot, but different people's motivations. I thought that was really cool. And just the, like the idea of the Panion Seer, uh, so creepy. I, the audiobook I have has the cover art of, I think, Gruntel and Stani. And yeah. I've seen cover art of, with, of the Panion Seer on the front. I'm like that, I think all the covers should have the Panion Seer on the front. Like that oh, is really, the, yeah. He's like sitting on a. Sitting on the throne, like the, throne? Un, the, un, the undead looking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually an illustration from the uh, from the subterranean press edition. Oh, is that one of like the special special editions? Special editions. Dang, yeah. So it costs like four hundred for that cover because that um, is a cool. That book that's costs a... more than four hundred dollars. Okay. Wow. <laughs> oh, I I see it. Oh yeah, that's creepy. That's what I think should have been on the front because I think. I feel like the just the Panion Seer was such a star. This and the and the Kachain Chamala, man. It's such a dysfunctional empire that he built. Yeah, and it's, it works. And it and it makes sense because it's all like powered by the crippled god, right? And he's yeah all about chaos, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess kind of chaos. It's more or like, like his magic is chaotic. Yeah it's it's like imperfection and yeah like his pain his his, uh like i guess he's like more the god of pain and imperfection but his uh i feel like his effects are yeah chaotic in nature Hmm. yeah we talked about this earlier um i really liked meeting this what what we jake and i at least assume at this point is going to be kind of like the big bad up through the end of the series we'll see obviously but it Seems likely. Seems like this is one that's going to take yeah. longer than a couple of chapters to get summed up, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Like I was telling Ryan, I can't remember all the other plot lines, but in Gardens of the Moon, there was like four or five different times where I thought I was like, okay, here's what's happening with this is going to be the series long conflict. Mm-hmm. And it was like completed in the next bit. One thing that has not been wrapped up in this book that I thought was really interesting was, you know, now Perrin who I thought was uh, one of my highlight characters for this book 
Uh, he, this decision he has now is the master of the deck. If he's going to legitimize the crippled God and mm-hmm. he's thinking about this and he realizes, well, if I, you know, if I put him to this, then he would become bound as a God, which is like some Jafar Aladdin genie type yeah. logic going on there. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't decided yet, but the next book being called house of chains makes me think he's going to decide to he, make he the basically house decided he, yeah, made, he, he was hasn't like, like yeah, yeah. But he, he's like realizing there's some there, there's something he can do to like make things a little more permanent he's yeah. kind of done this on accident a couple times and so so i think i, I think he's gonna like throw this down at, at a critical time and this is going to be important yeah i like i like the uh jafar uh, comparison that's totally what uh-huh. it is uh-huh. like all right, he's either going to be a force of extreme chaos because he can do like who knows what he can do outside the deck, or we bind him, and now he's subject to all the other rules, while uh-huh. also giving him like more influence, right? Like more direct influence. Yeah. So something else that is un- unfinished uh, that I am so confused on, and I'm I like hesitant to read up on it because I don't want spoilers, but the whole draconis dragnaper oh yeah the is the wagon is like the the gate of house of dark right so there's like they wanted to like what is the whole purpose of dragnaper's soul pulling the gate to the house of dark and running away from this chaos whirlwind or something this was definitely explained but it was in classic erickson fashion explained in a way that you really have to pay close attention to it was something like that. It was like darkness and chaos were warring against each other back in the day. And yeah. so, so Draconis decided to create Dragnapur to kind of like put some order to things. But then he realized like maybe he shouldn't do it this way because now there's like this eternal thing going on inside with the, with the gate. That's my kind of understanding. And yeah, like I'm just, I guess I'm confused. What would happen if the chaos reaches the dark again? Would that battle just ensue again? And his, like... Like like chaos now has free reign to do more, to take over this. I feel like darkness spawned everything. And that's sort of... That's why they call Mother Dark. Mother Dark. And I don't know, something bad would happen if chaos got chaos would corrupt it, something like that. Is something. Mother Dark a, I assume that was like an elder god. Is that just a like symbolic way of referring to the power of the dark, Warren? Oh, it's like an actual being. It is an actual being. Okay. And I guess like, I'm, okay, so thinking through it again, originally Envy was saying that, or was it Envy? Someone was saying that Draconis needs to be freed and Dragnapur needs to be destroyed to free Draconis. And then Perrin talking to Draconis was like, found out that he's like, uh, actually like, yeah, at some point needs to be broken to reset. But right now we just need more souls in here to keep it going yeah. until that happens. So uh-huh. although would breaking the sword immediately solve that problem or do they need more souls to get like a head start <laughs> then break it? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think we can say at this point. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the Malazan crew. So there's a lot of characters here. They were kind of the, I would say they were the bulk of the characters that I cared the most about with, you know, Quick Ben, Dujek, Whiskey Jack, all of the bridge burners kind of lumped together. I thought Quick Ben was awesome. We, we finally got like some answers as to his backstory. Yeah. yeah. With the Whiskey Jack, Animander Rake uh, friendship story. Uh, where whiskey jack just like spilled the beans yeah it's <laughs> like so here's some quick, yeah here's some exposition here's some, here's some, juicy, sure, here's some juicy goss sh- i'm sure quick <laughs> ben would have appreciated whiskey jack telling a powerful ascendant ascendant about his about his history yeah i don't i don't think he would have actually ryan no i i don't think so he so, likes to keep his head down was quick ben special before absorbing all the souls of his companions i think he was just kind of like a, a normal level was he normal mage. was there because yeah. the way it presented it, it seemed like not just anybody could absorb all the other souls that same way so i, I don't know uh yeah i'm 
I'm not sure exactly what makes him, what would have made him special, other than his quick wit and his intelligence. Yeah, and then I also I guess like it's diff. It must be pretty different than the Tattersell kind of multiple souls in one body. Like Quick Ben seems to be like the only thing, only side effect of having those souls is power and access to yeah. Warrens, yeah. whereas. Yeah the silver fox one maybe it's because mm-hmm. he was his own person who absorbed others whereas tattersell was born with all at the same time but, yeah he doesn't seem to be warring internally yeah. yeah there were there were at least a couple of good moments where other characters were assuming that you know ben was not as powerful as he was one yeah. with uh brooch and Baculane, where he goes and just kind of throws down with them yeah uh, the, the necromancers and then the other time during the, like before the, uh, before most of the conflict at Coral's happening, when they're taking out the, uh, the, the ambush they had set up on the mountainside nearby and Ben just kind of like single-handedly saves the day there. Otherwise they would have been wiped out a lot sooner. Yeah. But, but at the same time, he's not like all powerful, you know, he gets tired pretty quickly and yeah, gets, for he, sure. It's bloodied a lot. He, he's taken out for, you know, like the first third of the book or so just like unconscious being carried around but while well, he's unconscious he was... he's like solving all the problems and figuring out how to uh yeah. fix the warrants yeah was he unconscious because he was hurt or was he unconscious because he was nah, he's just like mental... going on a yeah yeah that yeah Perrin like... seems to do Perrin does that a lot too yeah <laughs> he's just know. like astral projecting i don't know if you remember there's a part in dead house gates where where Kalam uses his like shaved knuckle in the hole to call yeah. on Quick Ben, and so he's talking to him. And Quick Ben's like, "Oh, I'm kind of busy over here," so mm. he's he's helping out Kalam a little bit behind the scenes too. Yeah, and they they made several references to what was going on over there with the Trigale uh, Trade Guild group that was yeah. kind of back and forth between both books, and then now uh, Dujek is is at least expecting to be sent back over there to help out. Yeah, you have, I mean, obviously at the end, Diker uh, recounting the story to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But also there's moment where they talk about like, like Kalam went to go assassinate Lacine, right? And they're like, oh, he needs Uh to go there because he needs to hear like from her mouth, the explanation to to get it basically. Yeah. And then they do mention the whirlwind um, a bit. I'm excited to get back to that at some point like so am i um, yeah that um, book was great <laughs> i want to see well <laughs> i mean it was it was good i think memories of ice was superior but i i do think it was good <laughs> one thing uh one thing that you know let, let me just kind of nitpick another little criticism i have i feel like uh all of the bridge burners were really just kind of the same person given different names and i know they had different you know backstories a bit but you know do i know the difference between picker and uh, well, I know Trotz because he was the Bargos. Tra- yeah, Trotz, Trotz was his own person. Picker, for sure. Picker, Hedge. Um, there were a couple other ones. Hedge, that... Hedge sticks out to me. Well, he's he like the bomb up. guy, right? Yeah, he's he's the he's, he's Fiddler, Fiddler, and Hedge are the yeah the crazy duo. But and, and, and then there's the guy I forget his name who has his his mother's hair woven into his shirt. It smells awful. Yeah, that that was the uh, mage guy. Um, spindle is that the spindle, spindle. Yeah. yeah yeah spindle so yes there were differences but at the same time like were there enough differences where i really like cared well, were... enough to like have all these different viewpoints i would have been fine if these characters all existed but we just had one consistent viewpoint i think that would have helped me like center a bit mm. more on what was going on to having there everyone were... else yeah. is just like okay which which one is this exactly like who's i i don't know it was it was a bit too chaotic for me to have all of these different they were like minor characters though like how often did you get one of their viewpoints is mainly during the yeah yeah no i mean it, it's and totally it's a nitpick thing but it's just something i thought could have been a little better i compare it, it to... for your worst of the best i have a different <laughs> one <laughs> i forgot we do that uh i'd compare it to the same as like in the heroes you have a lot of minor points of views during battles yeah. and it's 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 to help uh view the battle from different ways and like yeah, yeah get a sense of like the conflict and the excitement there yeah the only thing was I felt like they were all kind of the same person, just given different names. And part of that, I feel like a lot of the characters speak in the same way. Like if you were to just like pick out bits of dialogue and not tell me who was saying it, I wouldn't really be able to identify 
Although, you know, the main characters have some, a lot of differences. A lot of the minor characters, they all kind of talk in this like highbrow fashion and it's funny um, and it's, you know, it's smartly written, but I feel like a lot of it's the same, but just so like, like characters saying different main words. characters are more highbrow and then like the low class lower class uh bridge burners are all low yeah they're they're, they're a little more irreverent cynical. but there's not like yeah but they all kind of have like the same feel to the way they talk i feel like gruntle had a really distinct voice and a Kovian. i also listened to it for better or for worse so that's i definitely always can see where steven's coming from yeah. with some of the more minor bridge burners but i mean I would, again this is a total nitpick because these are like yeah. tertiary characters i think it would be fun to do some sort of next time we do like a game episode where we just take clips of dialogue with no context Mm -hmm. from different series try to guess like who said it what series and yeah yeah i like that i like that idea a lot okay let's do it i think it requires that requires some uh, actual preparation for our episodes which you know (laughs) which seems like jake needs to do a game show i do love game shows (laughs) he needs to host it all right, um, Jake, tell us why. Let's do this. Uh, I think we've talked through the majority of the characters. We can uh, do a couple more in the worst of the best. And we're, we're getting low on time, but tell us why you thought Ekovian was so awesome because clearly you have strong feelings. He, I, the whole idea of like the Destriant, the Mortal Sword, and the Shield Anvil, like that triumvirate was so cool. It just, just in general, like that's such a cool idea. Uh-huh. Um, and he was just such like, he was just amazing as like defending Kapustan and like working with the Talani mass and like, oh yeah, I'll just play bait for the Kachain Shamala so the Talani mass could go out there. And like he, and he was, he had such like integrity. I feel like he was written in a way you really felt like this was like a guy with a lot of honor in, in a like humble but not like pushover kind of way you know he was just a solid person and then like even though he knew his god was like dead basically which i wonder how dead was it fenor fenor do you know is. do you know what actually what happened with that yeah in deadhouse gates yeah okay yeah, he, yeah. Uh, but I like i don't i don't know what like death of a god really means yet sure. in this world yeah. um but knowing that like his supernatural um, support was gone, he still like felt that it was his duty to take on the pain of like other people and peoples. And I don't know, he just saw like uh, a need and that he was the tool f- to complete that. And like without thought for himself, just went for it. No spoilers, no spoilers. But who does that remind, who does the... Give me your pain. Oh, it's yeah. a total Yeah, it's a... Again, again it's, it's very similar to Oathbringer. And Oathbringer. Well, it's like the inverse of that, though. What was she yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. I think the reason why, as you're talking through that, like, I don't disagree with anything you said, Jake, but I think the reason why I struggled to connect with the second half of his plot line was I just don't understand how how is he absorbing the pain? Like, how does this work? Because... I could see it if he's like the mortal sword of a god and the god is like helping power this kind of transfer of emotions or whatever. But he's just like this dude now. Like, how does he do this? That's what I struggled with. The way I understand it, and they kind of mentioned it, is so when he had Finner's support, it was like he would take on the pain onto himself and then the his god would then like absorb that into his essence and take that onto himself. And he was more like the like the physical representation there, like mm-hmm. the conduit. And they said now that he doesn't have a God, like it would just go onto his own soul. So I assume it was like, which is why he, he just died. Right. Or did he disappear? I can't remember. I think he died. Um, he died. And they piled up all their gifts for him on top of him, made a really cool uh, yeah. little memorial. Yeah. So I like, I, it was like all that pain, like energy, like, magic was going on to his soul and he could still like he's i guess he still knew the technique for extracting it but instead of having like a buffer to then take it away it just went on to him directly so i i guess his god leaving him or like dying didn't 
remove his ability to take the pain. It just changed where the pain was going. That's how I understood it. Okay. Because like all magic is, uh, is that true in this world? I don't know. I, I Is all magic like directly from a god in some way? I, I don't I know. It doesn't Karula talk about how the Warrens are like his blood? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Happens. Are all Warrens his blood or just the Warrens? Just the elder Warrens? I At think no. I, the, I, Warrens. the Warrens, not the elder. The elder Warrens, I don't think, are from Karul. Like, like the mm. the the Warrens. Uh, like, like he transferred the, just, the holds into the Warrens or something. I don't. I don't know exactly, but I don't think like the Tista Andy they use like Karul Galen. Like Star- the elder Warrens, right? yeah, those cool names. Starval Demolane is like the the Elaint, like the Dragon Warren. I don't think mm-hmm. those are from Cruel. I think he might have made some like kind of more minor Warrens that I I don't know exactly. Yeah, but yeah, he refers to it as his blood. So I I guess the way I understand it is people beings become gods through absorbing magical energy in some way and Mm. so therefore magic itself is tied to gods like they're kind of the same thing like if what makes you Mm -hmm. a god is magic and gods can then give magic like you know it's all the same and so yeah it's like if you ascend enough and then you're able to like be in the right place at the right time and pick up on enough magic you can hold the magic then you can yeah become so so the magic ritual of pulling pain is something that doesn't require the god the god was required to then like dissipate it all right that's enough. how i'm uh <laughs> sciencing the magic here i have no idea like how accurate that is but <laughs> all right uh we only have a few minutes left let's do our worst of the best so if you haven't been with us for other episodes we're going to uh, talk about a moment that we really liked but then like something you know eh, that could have been a little bit better i've already nitpicked a bit but uh i don't know it's it's we don't want to pick too much. We, we're generally positive on the book's review, but it's kind of fun to sometimes point out um, these things in, in comedic ways often. The worst of the best. With so many exemplary moments in this book, it's almost unfair to nitpick. But that's the segment. It's the pimple on the princess. The stain on the satin. And the terror before the triumph. The unfortunate portion of an otherwise stellar performance. Someone has to point it out. Do you guys have one? Would you like me to start? You start, yeah. Or, yeah, I'll go last. Why don't you start then, Ryan? Because I've been talking a lot. Okay. Uh, my worst of the best is definitely going to be around Whiskey Jack's sacrifice, where he he's like dueling with Kalor um, to stop him from getting to Silver Fox, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh-huh. And um, and he is just he's about to beat him too, right? And then his leg gives like, out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Leg and it's sad and Keller beats him and whiskey jack dies and i'm like man why couldn't whiskey jack have just freaking gotten his leg killed like it no wouldn't time, have man. Take, wouldn't have been that <laughs> much time it, they were attacked their magical abilities were always taxed to them they they had no additional mana to, to spare that's true and it proved to be the wrong decision because <laughs> yeah yeah if whiskey jack had just let some minor soldier die and healed he would have still been there and things could have gone differently but that's not who whiskey jack is ryan i know i know i thought that i thought it was really good writing like the foreshadowing for that yeah i do i do too i just hate it yeah i don't want whiskey jack to be dead when I was starting the series i was like reading the the malzahn reread of the fallen on tour and i need to stop doing that because they don't like do spoilers directly but they do they like spoil they're like "Ooh, watch for this and so they yeah. did that a few times with his leg i was like okay the leg is important and that kind of <laughs> that kind of cheapened that a bit so i'm not going to do that anymore yeah i for, 
I started, um, so every time I would like finish a chapter two, I would just read the chapter summary for that. I liked that a lot more. I did that, that tour read along through most of Gardens yeah. of the Moon and they like gave away, they gave away something. And I was like, why would they just say that right here? But yeah. Well, like, what, if you just, what if you just read the girl, the girl's viewpoint? No, because he interjects and it's like, yeah, he interjects. Good oh. job picking up on this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The wiki is pretty good and it's pretty spoiler free because it doesn't yeah. do like the current, the wheel of time one does like status right at the beginning, yeah. dead or alive. Yeah. It's like, come on guys. Like really, that's not a good idea, but it doesn't do that. And then it goes through and says like in gardens of the moon in dead yeah. house gates in. So that's a good way to do it. That's what I like. Yeah. Okay. Mine. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So I really like, uh, like you guys said, all the different uh, all the different characters, the big players here, the alliances, who to trust, what's going on. No one really trusts each other. We're not sure what the plan is throughout. It's all great. Um, the one character that I was expecting more from was Kaladin Brood, who's got an awesome name and he seems like an awesome character. <laughs> He's got a cool Kaladin. hammer. <laughs> he does nothing. Come on. Like, I'm sure he'll do more later in the series, but I was very disappointed. The one time he tries to do something, he gets bested by freaking Kreppa. Like, and I know Kreppa is obviously more than he appears and is a cool character. <laughs> Kreppa's like, like Tom Bombadil, right? Like, what's <laughs> yes. going on there? That's probably a good analogy. But Kaladin Brood at the end is listed as an Ascendant. So he's like Sam Level's animator rake. And that's how their relationship appears. And he's he's millennia old. But like, he's just he just watches the battle. He doesn't do anything. So worst of the best is, you know, the, the Alliance is great. I love all the big characters coming out. Everyone does something notable. Kaladin, come on, man. Let's. I expect more from him in the future. I can kind of see that. Yeah, I would. I would say this is like a runner-up for mine. I. They kind of set up like Animander Rake is like almost being dead. You know, when they're like, oh, like I'll just talk to Animander Rake. And like, who's who's to oh, say yeah. he's still the owner of the sword? Yeah. You know, and and then it's like, oh, he's just been underwater. Like that's why people couldn't sense him. Is that it? Like that was kind of a that kind of fell flat to me did he just like retreat real far into the warren or something yeah, yeah i don't i don't i didn't understand that i'm not, that could be I'm not sure i don't remember and also like we as a reader you're not believing for a second that he's just like died off camera yeah um but i would say worse Steven than the best doesn't for me. believe anybody has died off camera no no one has ever died off camera never never ever mm-hmm. ever except for like the last book that we reviewed there was someone who died off camera i think <laughs> yeah i was wrong <laughs> worst of the best for me is the whole table thing with uh oh yeah at the table thing like i and feel the, like that was the irregulars get it at the end and they they just like walk yeah. out of it <laughs> yeah that was i don't know if that was meant to just be like comedic relief or yeah there's a lot of good but comedic it, relief but it also seemed like it was like plot important because of the whole like parent being master of the deck i just didn't i don't know i wasn't vibing with that very much i I don't know. I thought it was funny how they, they were like, oh, we, we have this figured out because and, and we know how we can game this this deck or the deck so that we can make a bunch of money. And then because like parents now master the deck, it screwed it up and they lost yeah. all their money and like it yeah. doesn't work anymore. I just thought it was weird. It was like, oh, we stole this and then okay, give it back. I don't know. It seemed like that was probably worse than the best for me. I love the whole idea of the different houses and like yeah. the different roles within the houses and it's the shifting levels of balance between and and not all of the openings are ever really filled filled it's like all these different chessboards almost and like oh i need a knight i need a king over here okay but, yeah like know. gethal was that his name became like the, the what's the title of, he got i think he was hood's knight right no no is that a different that's, guy that's someone else I don't, do we figure out who that is? No, he became like, he was working for hood and then hood discarded him because he tried to, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Dustin. But Jake's talking about um, that. Is he a jacket guy or a bargain? I don't remember. Okay. He gets, uh, his brother was like, his his brother was across the face and then he gets sucked into a Warren and then falls into the crippled gods domain. And the the crippled crippled God takes him on. He's yeah. like, I'm about to enter the deck. You're going to be my, I don't remember the title. Dang. What was the title I gave him? Um, it, was, it was like basically his like leader, like his head guy. 
Um, Karna so yeah, does? Like, no. Oh, that's... No, his he, name's like Gathal. Uh, his his brother quick. his brother is the one who is inside of the thinnest house right now. Oh, Kafal? Like, the is he a Bargast? He's a, he's a Jag Hut. He's a Jag Hut. His name is G-E-T-H-O-L. He has a brother, right? Am I... I see. I see. He was the herald. Okay. Yeah, he becomes the herald of the crippled god. He's like the mouth of he's he's the mouth of Sauron. He was the brother of yeah. Gothos. Who? Yeah, Gothos. Yeah, Gothos is. Folly. I don't remember. I don't remember him. Okay. But... He's he's like a historian in the background, and he appears uh, along with Akarium. I think he's like in the in the thinnest house right now. Right now. Hmm. Anyways, yeah. anyway. to your point of like the sh- ever shifting game and just like, okay, I'm going to need a herald. So I'm going to call this guy. And yeah, I yeah. don't know. Really cool. And, and it just makes you want to play Magic the Gathering more. Sure. The whole deck of dragons. All right. If you want to play Magic the Gathering or D&D with Jake, that is an option. It will be Malazan themed soon, as soon as you get <laughs> further into the series. Thanks for tuning in to our review of uh, Memories of Ice. I apologize for all the mistakes we made, but. Uh, Hopefully this is entertaining. You can kind of like see a, you know, a, a raw review of, uh, you know, what we understood, what we didn't. Hopefully more of this locks into place in uh, episode 287 when we get to House of Chains. Uh, hopefully we actually read it faster. We gotta, we gotta set a, t- we gotta set a hard deadline. Again, we need a, we need a deadline. Deadline really helped me. A deadline really helped me. Should we do end of March? One month? <laughs> That's way fast. End, end of April. Let's say end of April. End of April. Okay, end of April. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. All right. I'm okay. We're committed. We're on air now. Yeah. Committed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jake, Ryan, as always. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Pleasure. Right. See you in the next one. All right. See you next time. <laughs>